0: In the last cycle, we took three discoveries to half a billion dollars market capitalization um, through from first principles. And, and, and really, you can say this is, this is our next one in, in the waiting in terms of uh, the next discovery.
1: Welcome to Proven and Probable, where we deliver mining insights and bullion sales in the form of physical delivery, offshore depositories and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host Maurice Jackson. Today we will introduce an early stage exploration company focused on identifying district scale high grade copper and silver systems in Peru. Joining us for a conversation is Michael Hudson, the CEO of Hannon Metals. Mr. Hudson, welcome to the show, sir.
0: Thank you, Maurice. It's a pleasure to join you for the first
1: time. (laughs) Well, glad to have you on the program, sir, to share the value proposition before us in Hannon Metals. Sir, before we delve into company specifics, Mr. Hudson, please acquaint us with Hannon Metals and share the opportunity the company presents to the market.
0: Hannon is a company that I started with my uh, business partners three or four years ago. Uh, We had a a few years looking in Ireland for zinc uh, when zinc had its little moment in the market. Uh, we saw where zinc was going. Had a, a long history in base metals, and and knew that it was probably a good idea to to expand into other commodities. And as a consequence, about a year and a half ago, we identified an opportunity that we're going to talk about in much more great detail: um, a copper opportunity in Peru. And this was this was a, a unique situation. We've got a long history of um, experience in Peru, as a as a team and um and away we go and and really we've just started exploring it in earnest over the last three or four months raised some capital and and it looks a very exciting district scale a new copper basin if you like and and uh it's the style is a sediment hosted copper system which uh, is very similar to the largest some of the largest copper systems on earth in the central african copper belt or or the kufa Schiefer of poland so so uh, a very interesting uh, thesis that is uh, playing out now.
1: Well, let's go to Peru and visit the San Martin. Where and how did Hanna Metals attain the data that led to the acquisition of the San Martin?
0: Well, as I mentioned, um, we've got a very long history in Peru. I was living and working there from the mid-90s. And actually, I mentioned zinc before because I was working... Uh, with the largest zinc company of its day, back in the 90s, exploring through Peru. And uh, that company was called Pasminco and, and it actually went into receivership in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. So myself and my business partner, who at the time, and who still is, um, so we've had a long history together, um, bought the expiration data from the, from the receivers. And we packaged that data up. Um, we sold it in its rawest form to most of the major mining companies of the world um, because it was the best publicly available data set, uh, for exploration. And all we are in exploration are are data gatherers and, and de-riskers of projects. And so this was a, a great base for, for many, but, uh, also when you add some, uh, brain power on top of that data, you start, uh, deriving projects. And, and I suppose one that stuck is the Tinker, uh, project that, uh, we vended a long time ago to that company and, and, uh, We have a royalty on that project. So we've got this long data history in Peru and an understanding of the country and contacts as well. It's a people business like any business, really. So we knew that there was some copper out in this San Martin area, which is in the northeastern part of Peru. And uh, we went out there and basically checked and followed up on some of this early stage data. and, um, and, And that's where we are today.
1: Well, let's talk about a clever way that uh, Hannon Metals has de-risked their project here. Hannon has shifted the paradigm on exploration by implementing a concept known as new search spaces. And the intellectual capital derived on this concept has positioned Hannon Metals in a first-mover competitive advantage among your peers. Sir, please introduce the concept of new search spaces. And how does it fit into the narrative of defining the San Martin as a greenfields or a brownfields exploration play?
0: well firstly i, I didn 't coin the phrase it uh, comes from a very smart geologist called John Ronsky who operates uh, he 's an Australian but um, operates around the world and and really uh, it, this is this is a concept that's uh, been taken a little further than just talking about grassroots exploration or green fields it 's basically identifying uh, an area of prospectivity of whatever you may uh, be looking for and it may be in a in a Old or a, a very mature terrain where there's lots of data, but you you come up with a new thesis, uh, and uh, and then you you search for that new thesis. Whether it's going underground on uh, for high grade systems on underneath old oxide gold, for example, or you go into new areas completely and say, well, this San Martin area has the same geological characteristics for many many reasons as some of those super. Uh, deposits that form in Africa or in Poland and northern Germany, and um, and then you you uh, you collect the data that opens up that search space, I suppose. So so it really is the true way to make discovery. It's very hard to go back to old ideas in old camps and do the same again, and and really that those easy pickings have been made in our business. So you really have to think a little broadly from the initial start of your exploration. So it's it's looking into new areas with new theses or ideas or concepts and, and then collecting the data to support or refute those. And, and that's the explorational scientific process, but, but it really means that you're thinking about it much earlier on um, from a, a, a perspective of trying to find something large and new.
1: Mr. Hudson, to truly appreciate the value proposition of the San Martin, please provide us with a mental picture and tell us about the stratigraphy and the genetic model.
0: <laughs> okay, so that that uh, is uh, the the ma- how the magic happens, I suppose, and and we have been very fortunate here in that this has uh, literally had very very little exploration. There have been a couple of explorers in the past in this area, but we're talking one year here and one year there. But but really the area and the understanding um, hasn't been put together until the last really the last six to 12 months and and we've benefited from the data that has now been made freely available to the hard rock mining industry from the petroleum business and the the petroleum explorers were working in these areas um, a long time ago way 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 before uh, we ever thought there could be any prospectivity here for, for metals and that's important because The petroleum explorers have bought hundreds of millions of dollars worth of exploration data, collected in a different way for a different commodity, of course, looking for oil. But we can apply, well, we can use that data and apply it to the the things that matter for copper. So the things that matter for copper here and the sediment-hosted copper systems and i should say there's a quite a large amount of silver with this system so it's really a copper silver system Uh, the the things that matter here for these systems are uh, like any deposit source transport and trap and uh, and they're fairly well defined it's a relatively simple model in its uh, gross scale so so we, we always look for a source and and uh, their source rocks and, and the, the seismic data that the, uh, the oilies have uh, produced over these areas give us a great understanding of the rocks or the stratigraphy or the layers of rocks and how they've formed uh, through that period of time. So we can identify source rocks, we can identify Uh, transport which is which is really important also so we can the seismic shows us those big structures those big faults that have operated from very early stages in this geological basin right through to when the andes was forming and they 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 went from what we say extension to to compression when uh when the andes was forming and all these different stages we can identify through the rock record and determine not only uh, what is important but when and then we can target those structures that have been moving at that that appropriate time uh, and then the trap is is uh, probably the most important part so source transport and trap and and the trap is once again where those structures intersect the right rocks and in this case it's a chemical reaction that uh, drops the metal out um, and uh, we call it a, a redox boundary a reduced oxidized boundary so so the fluids are oxidised, and when they see the first reduced rocks in the sequence, they could be anything from uh, black shales or graphite um, to what we have here, organic material, um, then the copper drops out. And, and the key point now is that these systems form over a vast scale. We have an area here that uh, is under tenure for 120 kilometres of length. Um, my apologies for using the metric system, but it's uh, <laughs> something something like sixty or seventy miles, right? And and uh, it's 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 a it's a very very large uh, system that is working. That source transport and trap. We're finding copper in those trap horizons over this extensive zone, and it's not just one trap horizon we we see. We see multiple. Uh, traps multiple redox boundaries forming in that stratigraphic uh, pile of rocks so that data uh, that data rich environment that we have has really helped us fast track to not only to understand but to target this system over such a large area
1: now we have before us a 3d model what are we looking at here
0: uh, well, this is a quite an unusual uh, circumstance in that uh, an, an area that's really only been explored for less than a year, uh, we're able to build up a comprehensive 3D model. And, and this is a model in a program called LeapFrog. Um, it's something like 300 kilometres long by 180 kilometres wide. And, uh, and there we can see the plane... The planes or the sections, like uh, cross cutting a loaf of bread along the long axis, they're, they're interpretations from the seismic sections that the oil uh, companies have provided, and then we've been able to tie all those together literally in this in this program, and and we can start to understand all those features that I just talked about, the source, transport, and trap features that really allow us to understand how this uh, basin a copper basin formed um how the copper formed and and um and that that uh gives us the style and once i once again i said that this style wasn't really understood until all this data was pulled together and then it allows us to hone in in specific areas uh not only stake those areas which we've done very aggressively we've had a first mover advantage here uh because we were first <laughs> and uh <laughs> And, and, uh, and it's led to a staking rush all around us, I should say, but we had that benefit of all that data and the ability to stake what we wanted first. And then within those, those mining concession areas that we've staked, and, and many of them have now been granted, we're able to, to, to narrow down the areas which we want to explore.
1: Can you walk us through the exploration model?
0: Well, I think uh, yeah, I, I just really um, went through that in the source, transport, and trap. But I, I think you've probably got on screen now the the a very good summarised cross section that uh, that Lars Dahlenbury, who's our uh, president and the guy running the day to day of the business, and and it's really his uh, brains that have pulled this together, uh, this this whole model. And uh, and what he's summarising there is the 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 source, which is those purple rocks and the fluids um, taking the copper. The other key point here that I didn't mention before is that uh, the magic here, is, um, the scavenging the fluids and bringing up into those source rocks is driven by salt of all things. So there's vast salt deposits that formed in these areas and, and salt is a, a, a forms an amazing scavenger of metals, these highly... Um, brine-rich fluids um, v- act with superpowers, basically, to, to, to take the copper out of those purple rocks at the bottom. Then those fluids move up through those faults. So there's the transport, So where you can see the dotted lines. And then into those areas where you can see at the top there, um, we've got little red line. That's one area um, we call the sarakiyo formation, and that's, that's one area where this redox boundary or the, the trap forms and then even up and higher, where there's the green rocks with the blue, um, that they are areas where we're finding gossans of uh, lead and zinc, which are peripheral to the copper, uh, and also copper in those areas. Now gossans that are you know 50 to 80 metres wide at surface over multiple kilometres. So so this is a, a big and vast system. I mean we're talking about you know five or six kilometre uh, view through the Earth's crust there. So that's a very uh, uh, the scale of that uh, is is very big, but that's that's the magic.
1: Now, do you have any cross section uh, images to share with us?
0: Well, there's many that we've provided on our website and in our uh, pre- um, corporate presentation, but uh, they're, they're, they're certainly there, and you can start to see. I suppose uh, in in uh, perhaps you've got up on the screen now uh, for your listeners. Uh, you can see that these these areas where they form in those blue rocks, at the top of those blue rocks, the Sarakio Formation, or up into the green rocks, the, the Kusha Bataille Formation, where we're getting those thick gossams, they, they not only form uh, along this 120 kilometres or 60 to 70-mile trend, but they form very wide zones going 6 to 10 kilometres wide across in an east-west um, uh, viewpoint. So... So you you can see that there's some very high grades that are developing. It's early days. We've only found uh, limited outcrops. Uh, this is quite a challenging area to explore, and probably one of the reasons it was still sitting there is that it's uh, it's high jungle. So uh, the 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 infrastructure we'll talk about soon is 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 not too bad, but it still doesn't leave lots of outcrops. Um, there so we found you a know, dozen outcrops over the larger area, but uh, most of the mineralisation we found today is walking up creeks and and picking up uh, boulders that are shedding from the hills above us. So uh, so there's a lot more work to do, but um, but there's a hell of a lot of copper um, developing over this large area.
1: You alluded to some comparisons earlier, but a picture's worth a thousand words. And when I think of the San Martin, the first thing that comes to my mind is scale. And I'm talking about district scale. To put some things into perspective, can you provide us with some comparisons?
0: Yeah, that's a, the, the, the important things that you've just mentioned there are at a scale and grade. And if you can find that, that's the nirvana of our business, of course. And, and and we have both those in abundance. And, and the picture that you see here is, uh, is the central African copper belt. It's not where we're exploring, of course, but it, what it uh, shows is the scale of that system. The, se- the uh, copper, the sediment-hosted copper deposits on Earth are the second most prolific form of copper, um, where we derive our copper from, uh, the, the first being porphyries these days. Uh, the porphyries are, are, are coming to an end, in, in my prediction. Um, those higher-grade porphyries have... Been mined. There's many more of them that are lower grade. But as the world is changing and those big open pits with lower and lower grades become less desirable, these higher grade systems um, that have a smaller footprint will be will be more desirable. And and that's what happens here in in the copper belt. In many respects, um, these systems are big and high grade, and and uh, and you can see the scale of the basin. Uh, that we're exploring is is called the Wayaga Basin, and that's overlaying there in that yellow colour. And you can see we're about a third the size of the Copper Belt, just in the basin that we're exploring in. <coughs> Excuse me. And and that that is really only a small part of this foreland basin system that extends on the eastern side of the Andes. And and really, this is a new Copper Belt that not only exists where we're exploring, but it extends from Colombia through Ecuador, where we have some peer companies exploring for the same systems, um, about 300 kilometres north of us, um, and then down through Peru into Argentina and and, and Chile. So this, this is a big new uh, copper belt. Uh, we have some of the more advanced and more easily accessible areas, and that's why we targeted where we where we wanted to but but this has some big uh, implications for peru too right this is a this is a new copper belt for peru potentially developing here they they already produce um on a per on a cap on a country basis the second most amount of copper in the world and and this this could shift them to number one if if this thesis continues to hold
1: we're going to cover your technical team later, uh, but they've been quite successful in their results on the implementation of the new search spaces, and that's not just on scale, but equally impressive on identifying high grade. What are some key results that have current shareholders excited?
0: Well, we we have um, some very high grades, and they've actually surprised us to uh, to be completely frank, Maurice. This this system is um, developing some very high grades from the initial. Um, boulders and, and hundreds of them that we found over this very vast area in creeks and then we've started to find some of these outcrops so we're, we're seeing sort of three to five meter thick zones in the Surakyo formation uh, running uh, two to five percent copper something like that uh, and and you know that obviously is our next challenge is to find continuity of these high grades and and that's what we're working to to do, of course. But, but as I've said, it's it's relatively early stage. This is our first intense year of exploration. That's uh, had a little hiatus, of course, now with everything that's going on in the world with uh, COVID nineteen. But um, but we still uh, had a, quite a good start uh, before all, all we were we were uh, shut down a few weeks ago. Um, so. So there'll be many more of these high grades found. Um, also, we're finding um, not only that Satakeo, you know, that 2 to 5% copper over those widths, over large areas, you know, we're seeing that these, these outcrops 20 kilometres apart, but we're finding very thick, Lead zinc gossans that we think are peripheral to the copper bearing parts of the system. Um, so there's so and these these gossans are 50 to 80 meters wide and running percent levels. You know up to 10 percent uh, zinc. The main to- uh, target here is copper, but you never know what you just may find here, and and uh, we may find both uh, not only a, a copper system but uh, a lead zinc system as it's as it's turning out here. So. Um, yeah, we've been, we've been very successful so far um, because of that data-rich environment that I, that I talked about before that has allowed us to target these areas. And just maybe, just maybe, there's a hell of a lot more here to be found, of course, and, and so the early re- results will reflect where this project's going.
1: Let's discuss some important topics germane to the project, beginning with reversionary interests. Are there any on your projects?
0: Uh, absolutely, everything is a hundred percent owned. Uh, we've staked these claims from first principles, so we've gone through an application stage with uh, many of these uh, areas now being granted. So we've got something like five hundred and twenty-one square kilometers. This is a, a huge area. You know, like I've said, something like one hundred and twenty kilometers long and and uh, approximately six to ten kilometers wide. Uh, there's there's a number of different prospect areas and project areas and it's it's pretty hard to get your head around if uh you think of or the listeners think of where they're sitting and think of 60 to 70 miles away as the crow flies that's that's the area we're exploring um so we've got about 40 percent i'd say something like that of the mining concessions granted and and What that allows us to do is to, to explore these areas, uh, not, to, not to mine them of course, this is uh, very early stage exploration but it allows us to explore those areas, um, deal with the local stakeholders and, and engage with them and, and do what we're doing and, and ideally of course the next stage Will come uh, soon enough, um, and that's when we've got enough geological data and and um, and enough uh, support on the ground from local stakeholders to move to to drilling some of these areas with diamond drilling, which is really the, the drilling um, holes the size of your fist in, uh, into the ground uh, for a few hundred metres to to test what's happening at depth, because everything we're seeing, of course, is is at surface today.
1: Can you elaborate on the infrastructure and the logistics surrounding the San Martin? Yeah, it so- it
0: sounds like deepest darkest Lima when we talk about the jungles of Peru and 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 what we are in is a, is in a relatively new area from an exploration point of view, but it's a it's a very well developed area. It's had seen huge Uh, migration from the Andes down into these high jungle areas Um, and when I say high jungle I'm talking about six to twelve hundred meters of elevation so so it's not the Amazon basin where it's flat it's it's got lots of topography but it is jungle um, areas lots of rain lots of vegetation Uh, we we fly into an airport uh, or town called Tarapoto um, that has you know a dozen flights daily from Lima, which is that's less, less than an hour flight away, and and then from Tarapoto, literally from uh, we're driving on bitumen roads, and we're no more than two hours from the very north, to the south of of our project, you know over that sixty or seventy mile uh, length. So. We, we have uh, some very good infrastructure. That's changed dramatically over the last 10 years or, or 15 years. I mean, w- w- that, that infrastructure just did not exist. I mean, there's new roads that, um, to Lima that still take a, a while to drive because you've got to go up and over the Andes, but uh, they save the, the local people uh, seven or eight hours of driving with these new roads that have been put in, going even back to the capital. So, so that's one of the big changes also. And nobody's explored this area in in any detail before. But it would have been a lot tougher uh, in only ten or ten years ago. And and then then we're walking into some of these areas, uh, but um, well, walking, doing lots of walking actually. But but that's it's really shortcut by many dirt roads that cross into these areas. And that's where we found all our outcropping areas for example at the moment uh, by just walking the roads and doing the simple stuff Um, we haven't really been cutting our way through the jungle uh, with uh, much intensity to date but that's the next stage following up from what we see in these more easily accessible areas and walking up the hills and with machetes and and uh, going and and finding lots more areas that that will be hidden by that uh, by that jungle and uh, and uh, that's the exciting part.
1: What are Hannah Metal's principal objectives for the next 12 months? Uh, they're pretty
0: well stated, I think, Maurice. Uh, we raised some capital um, earlier on in the year. We started with uh, a team of four geologists uh, on the ground, exploring the area um, You know, for the first time, like I said, with any intensity. Last year, we had one geological team. Now we've got four teams. Um, so we're collecting so much more data we we need to demonstrate uh, scale tick we've done that we need to de- demonstrate grade tick we've done that we've demonstrated the style of this mineralization but the next challenges are to demonstrate the continuity of that those grades over over uh, various scales so so that that will come via drilling um, but that uh, won't happen until we we uh, we learn enough about the rocks at surface. so we don't want to go in and permit areas for drilling and not be in the best areas if you like. so so that's what we're still working on. but certainly over the next twelve months it's to demonstrate continuity of scale um, by by drilling. the The other key point in that is uh, our main objective is to work with the locals to to tell them, what we want to do to gain their acceptance, and then come back and show them what we've done, and and show that we've uh, been operating with responsibility. And 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 because these areas haven't uh, been explored before, uh, there's there's a general uh, lack of understanding about what exploration is. So there's there's a lot of education here to be done to explain that we're prospectors, and and obviously looking. For, for areas that could potentially be mines one day, but it's a very high-risk business, of course, and we just don't know where um, those, those better areas are going to be. So it's, it's, uh, it, it's very much a, a first principle uh, working with the, with the local people as well. So that's a, that's a key objective as well, because if you get off on the wrong foot anywhere in the world, um, from the very early stages, it's, it's very hard to recover. So so starting well is an, a key objective as well for us in that respect.
1: We've discussed the good. Let's address the bad. What can go wrong, and what is your action plan to mitigate that wrong?
0: <laughs> you know, lots of things can go wrong in expiration. You don't find what you <laughs> you think is, is there. And then that's uh, that second-guessing nature without a doubt. And... As I hinted at before, really we are de riskers of nature and the only similarity of our business is the R and D business in the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical business where we where we spend lots of capital uh, and there's very few projects that progress uh, and advance forward towards uh, mining, and and that's sort of like the wonder drugs that eventually permitted uh, and become um, you know, very successful drugs after lots of R and D in the pharmaceutical uh, business. So that that's 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 what we're doing. So there's a, there's of course inherently a lot of risk. So how is that mitigated? That's mitigated by uh, having the right managers of of the scarce capital that we're able to access in the capital markets and 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 exploring appropriately not spending another dollar if we're proving something isn't there rather than is there and and it all comes down to to the opportunity itself and and whether the system develops and so far so good we can certainly see that there's well and truly a a great prize here to be gained um, but but um, we'll, we'll spend the capital appropriately to, to mitigate those risks. Uh, the other, uh, other area, I suppose, and I touched on that also, is permitting. We want to make sure we get that uh, right. So it's no, no good if, uh, if we find the world's biggest deposit of copper and we're never able to access it, of course, uh, with, uh, with getting the, the local stakeholders offside. So, so we have to make sure... That those two go hand in hand, and and really, it's it's um, it's it's working uh, with credibility and respect and and good communication, and and like any relationship on in in life, if you if you have those values, then then ideally things can progress for you. But uh, that that's that's our culture of the company and how we we aim to succeed.
1: Those are some good ethos to subscribe to. Switching gears, we've covered the project. Let's discuss the people responsible for increasing shareholder value uh, with their business acumen and discuss the commercial and technical expertise your team provides to hand and metal shareholders. Mr. Hudson, please introduce us to your board of directors and management team.
0: Well, I, um, I, I've i mentioned a, a few of the team here before, but, uh, but I, I see myself as... As as a leader and spokesperson, but uh, I have uh, some much more capable and and uh, and and fantastic people uh, around me, and and I, I should just say that I'm a geologist, of course, and I, I worked and and breathed geology for my career over the last thirty years, and and what turns what I say my crank, what I really love doing is is finding things, and 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 that's what uh, motivates me, uh, and and I've worked with a good. Good group of people, the majority who I've worked with for the last twenty years in the junior business. So, so we've uh, we're we're a very tight team. We're technically driven. Um, We've been in the capital markets and made many discoveries before. Um, In the last cycle, we took three discoveries to half a billion dollars market capitalisation through from first principles and 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 really you can say this is this is our next one in in the waiting in terms of uh the next discovery so so beyond myself uh, Lars Dahlenbori is president Lars and I've worked together for 12 or 13 years and and Lars is is a brilliant geologist and and done most of the pulling together here the other geologists on the team um, and it's very important to have uh ge- geologists who've, made discoveries and 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 know how to manage that capital um so some some gray hair is important and, and david henstridge is a is a geologist i've worked with for 20 years and he he sits on the board also kira uh, talbot is a geologist also kira is uh is the director of exploration for lundine mining so she runs uh Lundien mining's large exploration budget so she's got some uh, an amazing experience worldwide and, and brings that larger company philosophy of which most of us have worked for in our careers but not for some time from my point of view and then of course you can't just have geologists you've got to have other people around you and Georgina Carnegie is uh, more from the geopolitical and, and uh, side of things so she she's uh, Harvard trained World Bank OECD um, X uh, came out of the Australian government and, and she she really has helped me in many places in the world unravel the the, the different onion rings of power um, as, as you work your way up through through a country and, and she 's been fantastic at articulating those messages and and then and then you need the engine room of course behind you in, in, in running these public companies and Nick deme a long term business partner he's He's uh, he 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 manages all the governance and and that side of the business really um, and um, and once again Mariana Bumet who sits in Vancouver also is our uh, long suffering corporate secretary who keeps. Uh, is our Jiminy Cricket and make sure the business is run on a day-to-day basis and so that's that's really the the team uh, in in from the board and the officers, and then I should say the hardest workers in many respects are, are those geologists and, and we've got a long experience in Peru and we've gone back to people for the most part that we know and know well and and they're the people and the drivers and the helpers in, in, in the field who are who are doing the hard yards, uh, finding all this copper.
1: Mr. Hudson, I noticed that there is one name and one face that is missing on your board of directors and officers. Could you please hear who that is?
0: Well, a very important person indeed, and that's uh, Dr. Quinton Henning. Who who came to the company relatively recently, but has known the company and the story for uh, pretty much from the first uh, press release we put out on on this copper discovery. So Quinton is is an extremely well known geologist, probably one of the most famous geologists in in North America for his ability to think big, uh, to pick discoveries, and and then to support teams in developing them. And uh, and I, p- from a personal point of view. Um, I've uh, I've really enjoyed working with Quinton. You don't generally learn a lot in this business, and um, in the junior business, unless you surround, surround yourself with um, some super people. And, and Quinton is just one of those people who's who's taught me a lot um, uh, from his vast experience base. So so Quinton is an advisor to the company. We were both down in Peru relatively recently together, and and kicking the rocks and and. Uh, and his voice and experience is a tremendous advantage, um, and and we we love having him on the team.
1: Having Dr. Quentin Henney is a competitive advantage in and of itself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) All right, let's get into some numbers. Please share the capital structure of Henning Metals. Well, we've got uh, 74
0: million shares on issue, uh, fully diluted around about 100 4 million shares the the market cap varies uh, around the 10 to, to to 12 million at the moment in terms of cash we've got about two million dollars Canadian cash in the bank uh, that will see us well and truly for this year's budget which was which was uh, targeted to be 1.7 of which we've spent some of that already so we, we we're going to end with about half a million dollars cash after this field season and that of course has been uh uh, changed somewhat with this, uh, with this lockdown that we've seen uh, globally uh, as we try to uh, avoid spreading this, this, uh, this nasty virus and Peru's no different. So, so we just have to see where, where things go and um, when it is appropriate and responsible to start our efforts again. But, um, but well and truly um, en- enough cash in the company to, to get through to that first drill program that uh, we spoke about. How much debt do you have? Zero. Uh, the, 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 if, uh, if you take debt into one of these companies, it's a death spiral, um, and uh, you really don't want to operate with any debt um, as a junior explorer, in my humble opinion.
1: Who are the major shareholders?
0: The major shareholders, uh, well, we, we just did a, a, the capital raise with $2 million with uh, the Sprott Group out of uh, Carlsbad in in. Uh, in California there. And so they have a, a large percentage uh, on their books. Um, and, and then the other large percentage is actually insiders. So, so between the two groups, it's something like uh, 40% of the holdings are tied up between those two groups.
1: I hope our audience members are taking note here. We've got uh, Dr. Quentin Henney and Rick Rule. Those are two names that have given the endorsement to Hannah Metals, so I would certainly take note of that. Now, there's some other high-profile names that have vetted Hannah Metals. Who are some of the high-profile names that are shareholders sir?
0: Yeah, we've been very fortunate over the last uh, three or four months to to have uh, some very high profile people see the opportunity here. One one of the first people was was um, Mr. Bob Moriarty, who who identified it and 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 picked it as his uh, one of his t- a few picks for 2020. Um, we've also got Mickey Fulp, who is a, a long term shareholder, a geologist who I first met in Peru, actually, a, as it turns out, and. Uh, He's, uh, he's been a long-term supporter, but he's got uh, excited again. And, and then uh, also, uh, I, I think I can say this, is uh, Brent Cook and Joe Muzumda, um made a public statement that they bought it for their newsletter uh, as well. So so uh, we're very fortunate to have some of the, the smartest heads outside of Quinton and, and Quinton Hennig and Rick Rule uh, see the opportunity here. So, so it's, it's an exciting time.
1: Well, And include me in that as well,
0: sir. <laughs> <laughs> and and of course, proven and probable are uh, 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 great supporters as well.
1: are there any redundant assets on the books that we should know about
0: uh, well, that's a, that's a that's an interesting question. We still absolutely hold our Irish projects, uh, but I wouldn't call them redundant in any way, shape, or form. actually, we did some fantastic work there and 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 probably have some of the most compelling. Uh, targets that have developed through lots of lots of uh, exploration, lots of seismic acquisition, actually, and that's what gave us uh, the real insight to going into this this uh, this data in Peru with all that petroleum data. So that that has inherent value rather than redundant. Value, um, but the key point there is if, as if we can keep those on the books uh, with minimal spend, as we've got such a, an exciting project here in in Peru, and and uh, there will be interest in in those assets in Ireland, and we'll determine just uh, how to monetize those for shareholders as we go forward.
1: Are there any change of control fees, and if yes, what is the compensation? Uh, no, there's none. That's quite impressive, actually. Is management charging a consultant fee for any services? Uh,
0: yes, I, I, uh, I uh, have a, a fee, of course, a, a, a salary, as does Lars. But, but I, I think that you're probably hinting: Do we have a, a separate company that charges above and beyond? Which is which is not the case. No. So, so I, anyone can look at my salary. I take a very modest salary, um, something like eight thousand. Canadian a month uh, to, to run this company, which is, you know, <laughs> is probably one of the, the lower cost CEO salaries you'll find in the business. But, uh, but I truly believe in putting money in the ground and I've got a lot of uh, uh, equity. I've written lots of checks for this company and, and I'm in it for discovery.
1: When was the last time you purchased shares in Wood Price?
0: Uh, I purchased shares uh, right up and down from uh, from 25 cents down to 15 down to five um, so I, I've purchased all the way up and down the, the, the chain there and in fact I was myself and my business partners uh, were along with uh, with uh, with uh, Rick were the only ones
1: writing checks last year when nobody was interested in a closing multi-layered question what is the next unanswered question for handy metals when can we expect a response and what determines success?
0: Well, we'll, we'll continue to put out uh, press releases um, over the next three or four months. Um, we, we've got uh, rocks in the lab. We've got rocks in uh, in our field camp that need to be sent to the lab uh, once we can get back there. And then I, I said we'll go back in the field when it's responsible to do so. So there'll be a continuous news flow Um uh, it, despite the, the, the lockdowns that we see in Peru. So, and what will success be? Success will be further discoveries and confirmation of these areas over the large larger area. It was, it's very early days, as I've said, and so we need to collect a hell of a lot more data to, to de-risk and find a lot more of those outcropping areas, ideally, that, that, that we move towards drill targets permitting those drill targets and then demonstrating that continuity of grade. Um, And I think if we can do that over the next year where we've uh, de-risked this project and really proven um, at at the next level um, the opportunity here.
1: Michael, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about?
0: (laughs) What keeps me up at night? That's a a really good question. Um, I, I... I... I'm always, uh, what, well, what drives me is discovery. Um, so I am always, um, before uh, anything else, even before the first morning coffee, I'm, I, because I'm, I travel the world, I live here in Australia, I have the benefit of waking up and seeing the day's field results. So, so I'll, I'll uh, always take a, take a look there. Uh, what keeps me up is capitalising these pr- projects or these companies appropriately. Um, and finding the right shareholders who share the vision—I suppose it's not keeping me up at night, but it's always an ongoing challenge, of course. Um, and 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 making discoveries in a timely manner that fits all fits the needs of uh, that capital, and 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 often that's very hard to do, of course, because everything always takes longer. So, so, know, um, yeah, I've been managing these companies. I love it, and uh, and um, and. I suppose the only other thing that I, I should say is just the safety of people. I mean, we we've got field teams uh, operating in these challenging environments, and and e- even a slip of uh, the ankle on a on a slippery stone in some of these areas in jungle areas is is tough to get out of. Uh, um, and and not even you couldn't helicopter people out so they'd have to walk out. so th- you just want to make sure you've got people who understand how to work in these environments and 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 um, and do so safely. So that's also something of course that that I, I think about and, and only know so well having spent lots of time in those areas myself.
1: Mr. Hudson, last question what did I forget to ask?
0: <laughs> you are uh, you're a very thorough, Question and So I think we've covered a, a lot about the the project, the people, and, and the opportunity here. So I thank you for that. Uh, I suppose the the only thing that uh, that I want to say, two things. I think there's a huge opportunity here for the mining industry to be reshaped. Um, it, it's not a popular industry per se. In wherever you go in the world, yet everybody relies on something for mining and um, and I hope there's a greater discussion between society and 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 the mining industry itself to demonstrate that this is such an essential industry. in fact it is an essential industry. Um, it's one of the few industries still going here in Australia at the moment uh, because if we if we didn't produce the metals we don't have our Mobile phones we don't have our washing machines houses uh, in any sort of infrastructure and, and um, as we de- well, decarbonize the world and go towards electrification, copper plays an extremely important aspect of that we're going to mine more copper in the next 20 years than we have for the whole history of the earth so so those new discoveries are really needed and and this is this discovery plays into that narrative perfectly and as I mentioned there before this has, has a huge opportunity. For Peru to create a, a completely new mining district in what is already one of the world's most prolific uh, countries from a, a metal endowment point of view. So, um, you know, I think they're just a the few higher level thoughts that, that I have. But um, I thank you
1: for your time. Well, thank you, sir. Mr. Hudson, for someone listening that wants to get more information on Hannon Metals, please share the website address.
0: It is uh, hannanmetals.com, simply Put um, with the with the <coughs> double n h a double n
1: a n metalscom For direct inquiries, contact Hannon Metals at six zero four six nine nine zero two zero two, or you may email info at hannonmetals dot com. Hannon Metals trades on the TSXV symbol H A N and on the OTC H A N. N F. Before you make your next bullion purchase, make sure you call me. I'm a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. Where we provide a number of options to expand your precious metals portfolio from physical delivery, offshore depositories, precious metal IRAs, and private blockchain distributed ledger technology. Call me directly at 855-505-1900 or you may email maurice at milesfranklin.com finally, please subscribe to ProvenAndProbable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. Michael Hudson of Hannon Metals, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. The information presented on Proven and Probable